This podcast is offered to you by Zen Center North Shore on the web at www.zencenternorthshore.org. This program is made possible by donations from listeners like you. Good morning. It is so good to see you, each one of you, individually and collectively. Um, I'm just, I'm really filled with uh, the spirit of beginner's mind, you know, which is humble and sincere and open-hearted. The temple I trained at is Beginner's Mind Temple, Hoshinji, and Beginner's Mind is highly prized, valued, deeply valued in, in the Zen tradition. So, you know, there's so much that's firing in my heart right now about what I felt and what I observed from the last hour and a half or so of practice together. It's just beautiful. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming and literally diving in, those full bows, diving in to this practice. Um, because this is an opportunity to not conceptualize um, peace, well-being, kindness, connection, happiness, solidarity, to not make it into a concept, but to experience it through the body. That's how I understand these Zen forms. Because meditation itself can be, we can stay stuck here, I don't know what's going on with you when you're sitting there. <laughs> Are you thinking the whole time? I'm not good enough. Everybody else looks enlightened. What am I doing here? <laughs> so I feel that we, we bow and we chant because we, we, it's one way to drop the experience down into the sensing, breathing body to get out of our heads. And every now and then, when there's a newer person here, when we offer the full bows, there usually is one person who stays down there. And I always wonder, because it kind of feels good, right? To just put the head down <laughs> and rest. It's a nice stretch for the body if you're yogically inclined. But it's also just like a micro nap, <laughs> a refreshment, you know, a way to put to rest the incessant thinking and everything that goes along with that judging, analysis separation so those that's just a couple things that I was feeling this morning just appreciation for your being here and um, you know I wanted to talk this morning about kind speech to just read a little excerpt from Dogen Zenji the same um, Zen monk teacher, priest, um, founder of the Japanese Soto Zen school that we're part of. We didn't make all this up, no. Um, just as we just chanted, our ancestors have been doing these practices for millennia. You know, so probably there's something valuable in there that was helpful to them. And I believe it's been helpful for me. And I hope it's helpful for you. Um, let me just go ahead and read. So this is the 
the um, Dogen Zenji is the same human being who wrote the text that we just chanted, the Ehe Koso Hotsukan Mon. And so here's another text he wrote. He's from the 13th century Japan. He's known as kind of the Shakespeare of Japan. He was very prolific. He wrote a lot. And he actually impacted the culture um, of Japanese life as well. He instituted practices in his monastery, Eheji, that um, were like hygiene for these young monks living together how to wash your hands mindfully after using the toilet, for instance. <laughs> you know, how to prepare food mindfully, how to take care of pots and pans, and how to be careful working with fire, and how to measure out rice so that not one grain is wasted. These are beautiful practices. Um, so this, this teaching on um, kind speech It comes from a, a, a larger text called Bodaisata Shishoho. So as you notice, we speak a little Japanese here every now and then. And all of this is on our website. And then the next time you come, anything that we chanted that you didn't, you didn't get, that you, know, you didn't have a book yet or you couldn't find it in the book, ask us. We can go over it. Because it's, kind of, it's kind of fun. It's kind of satisfying. It's kind of weird. But it's interesting to chant in another language that's not our own, you know? And some of the things we chant don't have literal meaning. I feel they have energetic meaning, which is universal, and not even limited to just humans. I think it connects us with the crows, the birds, you know, and the water, the speech of water, the speech of all life. So this is part of what I want to propose, is this kind speech. So the Bodhisattva Shishoho is translated as Bodhisattva's Four Methods of Guidance. Now a Bodhisattva is an awakening being, um, a human being who is um, trying to do good in the world. And one of the ways that we, we try to do good in the world is we recognize the harm we cause unintentionally, through ignorance, delusion, sometimes intentionally because we're mad, you know, we're falling into um, karmic conditioning. And we say, you know, like what we just chanted, Buddhas and ancestors of old were just like we are. You know, they got into trouble. <laughs> they got messed up every now and then, made a mess of things. And what's important is then what did they do? How did they respond to their own greed, hate, and delusion? How do we respond to our own greed, hate, and delusion? So these are guidelines, these are supports, these are practices, knowing that we mess up. You know, how do we practice with our greed? How do we practice with our mistakes? As opposed to falling into shame, which really is just paralyzing. It doesn't help so much. So, you know, we say we're, we're kind of innocent. We're born into what we're born into. We're doing the best we can. We're innocent. And we're also responsible. 
we're responsible for our actions, not just of our body, the things that we do, um, but of our speech, the things that we say. And even before that, we're responsible for the things of our mind, our mental activity, the way we think, the way we see things that can cause speech and action. So we try to nip it in the bud with our view, how we see things. So Dogen's going to start to talk about this right away. This isn't a very long chapter, just a couple of paragraphs, this section. The other three, just so you know, are giving as practices of a bodhisattva, as an awakening being. Giving, kind speech, beneficial action, and then identity action, which is very interesting and very subtle. It's basically, you know putting yourself in someone else's shoes, you could say. But so this is kind speech. Kind speech means that when you see sentient beings, you arouse the mind of compassion and offer words of loving care. It is contrary to cruel or violent speech. When you see sentient beings, what do you do? arouse the mind of compassion and offer words of loving care. In the secular world, there is the custom of asking after someone's health. In Buddhism, there is the phrase, please treasure yourself, and the respectful address to seniors, may I ask how you are? It is kind speech to speak to sentient beings as you would to a baby. And when I hear that, kind speech to engage with each other as if we're a baby you know that thing about for those of you who've had children <laughs> I've heard I haven't had children that babies being so cute is a um, what do you call it it's a in a it's a a coping mechanism because babies are so much work and they might be err so luckily they're cute <laughs> You're willing to put up with stuff because they're cute. So I'm wondering about that when Dogen says it's kind speech to speak to sentient beings as you would to a baby. To see each other's cuteness <laughs> as ultimately redemptive. <laughs> Praise those with virtue, pity those without it. If kind speech is offered, little by little virtue will grow. Thus, even kind speech, which is not ordinarily known or seen, comes into being. You should be willing to practice kind speech for this entire present life. Do not give up. World after world, life after life. Kind speech is the basis for reconciling rulers and subduing enemies. Those who hear kind speech from you have a delighted expression and a joyful mind. Those who hear of your kind speech will be deeply touched. They will never forget it. You should know that kind speech arises from kind mind and kind mind from the seed of compassionate mind. You should ponder the fact that kind speech is not just praising the merit of others, 
it has the power to turn the destiny of the nation. So when I was thinking about what I wanted to share this morning, that last line was what I wanted, was thought of that. You should ponder the fact that kind speech is not just praising the merit of others. It has the power to turn the destiny of the nation. When I first started thinking about what I wanted to say, I was thinking about, you know, um, standing up in solidarity with each other in these difficult times. And I was thinking about how unhelpful it is to polarize even more as angry and, and afraid as we get. Um, you know, and, and I was, I've been thinking, how can we break through this impasse? in our nation. And um, so I've been doing a lot of actions, walking and speaking um, with other faith traditions, but not with Buddhists. And so last weekend, I got to be with Buddhists, my fellow Buddhists, in a national gathering. And I was very touched by the Buddhists. <laughs> you know, it's good to be with that particular tribe of mine. You know, and it, it's, it's really, it's very interesting to me because, you know, I, I do feel that um, there are so many different ways that we can practice kindness as Buddhists. When we put our hands in gasho, when we sit in sazen, when we offer these full bows, um, it's a kind of giving over. It's a kind of... Um, you know, kind of joining with, not separating. Um, because I have felt that other people who don't identify as Buddhists necessarily think that the kindness that we hear about with Buddhists, like the Dalai Lama, that bumper sticker, My Religion is Kindness, you've heard that? Um, they might think that Buddhists then never get angry. Not true. That's called conceptualizing kindness. That's called separating kindness from everything else. Putting kindness in a void. True kindness, like true anything, includes everything. So Dogen, for instance, was not particularly a nice guy. He, when he talks about kindness, as we get to know Dogen in his life and his teachings, he was very strict. Kindness is strict. There's discipline in this kindness. One of my favorite posters from last weekend at this action in Oklahoma was, Kindness is Bravery. There's an energy there. There's a courage, a commitment, a discipline, a steeliness. So if you walk away with something this morning, please walk away with a notion that kindness is not sentimental. Happiness, love, do not sentimentalize it. You know, there's a ferocity here, an energy. And still, you know, it is kind speech to speak to sentient beings as you would to a baby. <laughs> So we say, you know, this teaching could be a koan. I would ask you to sit with this every day. 
for the next three months or the next three years or 300 years to sit with this. What is true kindness? What is this kind speech? To take it up as an active practice. You know, when we sit and we ground ourselves, we feel our tailbone rooted. We feel our lower, the lower part of our body rooted. If you're on a chair, feeling the feet planted in the earth, rooting in kindness and trust in your kindness and trust and kindness in the world, no matter how bad it gets, especially when it starts to feel unkind. To not give up on kindness, that there is kindness. And from that rootedness to grow, to extend bravely, fearlessly, into this opening into trusting kindness, connecting, making contact with kindness, beginning right here. And maybe beginning with the ways in the last week, the last 24 hours, the last 50 years, we've been unkind. That's a beautiful place to start practicing kindness. You know, not conceptualizing kindness, plumbing the depths, diving wholeheartedly into non-conceptualized kindness. This is difficult. You know, that's why I feel this, this practice is so difficult, not being, not being, um, you know, being in this undivided presence of our own unkindness and our own vow to return to kindness. That's what we did at the very beginning when we said, all my ancient twisted karma, remember that? And we say it three times, just to make sure, you know, we're hearing it. All my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind. That's why we practice. I now fully avow is what we practice. That I now fully avow. I fully avow I take responsibility for my unkindness and I take responsibility for my vow to return to kindness. The world needs us to return to kindness. And I think the world needs us to also commit to our unkindness, not in a self-degrading kind of way, in a truth-telling kind of way. I think the truth does set us free. So I now fully avow I, not someone else out there who I'm having a hard time with, <laughs> me. Now, not tomorrow, not when I'm feeling readier, <laughs> safer, you know, I'd like to think this is a safe space, but more importantly, this is brave space. This is brave space. Being brave with ourselves, you know. Can we open to the truth of our unkindness, of our own unkindness? 
now, right now, fully, wholeheartedly, unhesitatingly, together with others, diving in, diving right into that cushion, putting the head down and giving over to Buddha, we say, to awakening. Okay, I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> there we go. I now fully avow, own, honor my life, you know, my effort, my bumbling, my bumbling, messy, deluded effort. So, you know, this kind speech, we could say, begins with us, how we speak to ourselves. You know, with what mind? You know, with what mind do we sit? With what mind? I, I see sitting as owning our pain, owning our difficulty, owning our joy, owning, um, you know, kind of owning, in a sense, receiving completely the gift, the gift of our life, and seeing everything, as we say, a gift, an opportunity to practice, an opportunity to see something, an opportunity to let go of something. Yeah. So when we sit down, it may be in this non-distraction that we start to see and Dogen says, Kind speech means that when you see sentient beings, you arouse the mind of compassion and offer words of loving care. Yes, he's talking about sentient beings out there. You know, when we see each other in a place like this, we put our hands in gasho and we... That's one way that we see each other and arouse this kind speech wordlessly. The body expounds kind, kind speech. But Dogen's not just talking about sentient beings out there. He's talking about the sentient beings of this mind that arise right here. You know, we see thoughts feelings, the arising of phenomena as beings. How do we meet? Can we meet with kind speech, wordless kindness, when shame arises, when doubt arises, when frustration arises, when grief arises? Can we meet that with a mind of compassion? So this is our practice when we sit, the practice of kind speech when we're not talking. And that's a beautiful practice because, um, you know, with patience, with generosity, with thoroughgoing effort, maybe we see something starts to shift as we get off the cushion and start to interact. That's a big deal.
So for some of you who've been chanting the Bodhisattva vow, beings are numberless, I vow to save them. You might think, beings of this mind are numberless, I vow to save them. Delusions of this mind are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates of this mind are unsurpassable, I vow to help them. Dharma gates are boundless, yeah. Dharma gates of this mind are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way of this mind is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. It's kind of like the Four Noble Truths right there, you know? The fact of suffering and the possibility of freedom. All right here. beginning with this relationship right here. So when we were in Oklahoma, there was a group of 25 Buddhists. That was really powerful to be able to, we were instructed to be Buddhists, <laughs> to, meaning to stay within the forms. Someone later told one of the organizers, oh my God, the Buddhists are here. Things must be really bad. <laughs> that was interesting. So, you know, it is, it is a choice. It's really, it's powerful. My teacher would do this when she'd go to actions. She would wear her robes and she would stay in her body. She would stay in the forms of, you know, the forms and the ceremonies of formal practice. So I've, I've shared this. There was a moment in the action, there were hundreds of people there. United We Dream, they were the principal organizers. Black Lives Matter was there. Um, the American Indian Movement was there, the ACLU was there. And at a certain point it was choreographed where the, the Buddhist contingent was in the back and, and all the organizers, we had been chanting, you know, El Pueblo Unido Jamás Será Vencido and, you know, um, up, up with, with, um, with um, education, down, down with deportation these kinds of things. People were chanting those. We've heard those. And then under this big blue sky, it was very hot, like here. It was over 100 degrees. And at a certain moment, at this signal, the hundreds of people all went like this, turned to the Buddhist contingent, got down on one knee, and went silent. Yeah. And then the Buddhists, we went into our into Gasho and we chanted the Heart Sutra in Japanese. Ganji Zaibo Satsugyo Jin What does that mean? You know, most most people there, most of those hundreds of people didn't know what that means. It's the Heart Sutra, we just chanted it. Even when we chanted in English, people were like, what? <laughs> At a certain point though, it doesn't really matter. There's this sound and there's this focus, there's this intention of the whole body. You know? It's really interesting. So I appreciated that. This is just a, such an exploration of our impact on each other, our relationship with each other, you know, 
receiving each other? What do we return to as we begin to engage with each other? I think when we return to the cushion, I think we're returning to kindness. Who knows? I, you know, it's interesting. I don't feel naive, but I do feel the power of vow. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, as we see various things become lost. I would even say in our democracy, maybe for a period of time, what will not be lost? That's up to us. Yeah. Dogen Zenji says, do not give up. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. This podcast is made possible by donations from listeners like you. For more information or to donate, please go to www.zencenternorthshore.org. Thank you.